In this hour, I am fortunate enough to be first joined by a good friend of the show, Michael Shore, who you've heard uh, on these airwaves plenty of times before with Leslie and myself. Uh, Michael is a political commentator and former correspondent for Al Jazeera America. Uh, he often guest hosts on The Young Turks, and you can follow him on Twitter at Michael Shore. That's Michael and then S-H-U-R-E. Michael, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be on, Mark. So um, this piece that initially kind of caught my eye and, and I think encapsulated uh, a lot of feelings that, that I've been going through watching and following this race, um, not just as, you know, a person in the media, but just as a, a typical, you know, citizen and, and an American and someone who follows politics. And I know, um, you know, you, you follow it extremely closely. You cover the race. Um, you've covered it in different areas and different parts of the process. Um, so this this piece that you know that encapsulated this i'll refer to it now and then maybe again later was called the dangerous acceptance of donald trump and it was by uh adam uh, gopnik or gopnik i'm not sure you pronounce it of the new yorker um and basically what, what he's getting at which which i've noticed and i thought he just kind of um put it into words that i was thinking but couldn't necessarily put down as eloquently as he did on paper or on keyboard i should say um it's so one of the questions that it's kind of made me think about and i wanted to ask you about since you've covered this extensively and have you know covered politics for quite some time is i wonder what you make of the way that in my perception in my opinion rather uh much of the republican party uh, very quickly it seemingly went after ted cruz dropped out uh went from being outraged by donald trump to what i think has been blindly accepting and supporting him for president yeah you know uh, mark it, it, it's true i mean adam gopnik's piece was great and 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 he's a he is a great writer off, off subject he wrote a, a book called from paris to the moon which is everybody should read if, if they like paris even just a little bit it's a great book but i don't know adam never met him um i, I think that you know when you it, what's really interesting is here is a man running against the establishment in a very different way than bernie sanders is running against the establishment but he's running against the establishment. But the establishment is what it is because they fall in behind these people. We've seen it with Mitt Romney. I mean, Mitt Romney, in a way, was Donald Trump light in terms of getting conservatives to back him, in terms of getting other uh, groups that did not necessarily want to vote for Mitt Romney to then come and back Mitt Romney. It's happening with Donald Trump because of who he is. It's much more pronounced. And these groups are not typically the groups. I mean, you see conservative ministers and, and preachers talking about backing him, finding good in what he has said. Um, and and it, at a time coming off the heels, especially out of Iowa, uh, of, of just deploring what he was saying, running against him and, and, and being outspoken against him because of who he was. So it's not surprising to see the Republican Party especially fall in behind Donald Trump. It's surprising to see some of the people that are doing it, uh, to me, at this earliest stage. Uh, you know, John Kasich today, and I think it, it bears uh, talking about, said that he does not want to release his 161 delegates at the convention. He wants to hold on to them. It, it doesn't really mean much, the numbers. What it does mean is that not everybody is there, and that not everybody even thinks that Donald Trump is going to leave Cleveland with the nomination, even if he gets the number of delegates that are required. So it, it's important to the Trump campaign to get these people, and it's important to the party to to look at who it is that's backing him. And it's just very odd right now. I think you. It's almost like categorizing the people. And in my mind, I have certain categories. I don't think 
you're going to see uh, there's people who I'm pretty sure are not going to back Trump, like Mitt Romney, um, both former President Bushes. I would be very surprised if Jeb Bush did. Um, you know, there's people in my mind that I'm pretty sure about. There's other people that I think might do it, like, you know, Ted Cruz, for instance. I wouldn't be shocked if he did, but I also, you know, wouldn't put it beyond, you know, reason that, that he would not come out and formally endorse Trump. Um, and then I think there's people who I think are just kind of, you know, playing possum or whatever the, the, the term you want to use is they're doing it for their own means and they're trying to look like they're principled and they're only going to do it if he does certain things, but they know they're going to support him in the end. And, and the, the biggest example of that in my mind is Paul Ryan. Now, could Ryan not endorse him? Of course not. But I think in the position that he's in and, you know, the the Speaker of the House and the fact that you have Republican leadership, like we've said, in many instances, who is now back, who are now backing Trump. Um, Reince Priebus and the RNC are very, you know, uh, pushing it very strong. They're getting the fundraising mechanism together, and they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on people to do so. Um, my personal opinion is that Ryan will eventually endorse Trump. Now, how you know, full-throated of an endorsement he gives, I think will be um, something to watch. But I wonder if you disagree with me on that or, or what your thoughts are well, on Ryan. Here, here's the thing on, on Paul Ryan, and I, I think probably at the end of the day I agree with you, but he has another job, you know, other than endorsing Donald Trump as the Speaker of the House. He has to protect his majority in the House of Representatives. And until his troops are there, it doesn't behoove him to endorse Donald Trump right now, to meet with him, to share pleasantries, to say it was a good informative meeting after they met. Those things are not endorsements, but they also make it seem like he's being a party guy and that, that the Trump people cannot take any issue with him. But he also has to go back to his caucus on Capitol Hill and say, hey, listen, there are a lot of you who are running in races where Donald Trump's going to hurt you. How do we balance this? How do we how do we run from Trump in certain places and toward Trump in other places? That's going to be a challenge for him, and it's going to be a challenge for him in his home state, maybe a little bit in his home district, but around the country. So that's the job he has and and what he is charged with doing. Now, what he also has to turn around and do is be by the party. I mean, Reince Priebus from Wisconsin, Paul Ryan from Wisconsin, they go way, way back. But they have different jobs and different roles. And yes, at the end of the day, I would imagine they're going to be on the same page, but they're going to, they're going to get there in different ways. And again, it's important to the party to show that they're behind their candidate, especially against Secretary Clinton. But if that falls apart, Reince Priebus will be the first one to jump on the fact that, hey, I have to honor what the party's doing and protesting this guy as well. You know, and, and another example of that, and this is go, goes to my next point, is who, someone who I think really rolled over very quickly, which doesn't surprise me because I personally think he's a spineless cretin, is <laughs> Mitch McConnell. And, you know, he went from saying, I believe the term was that he'd be happy to drop Trump like a hot rock uh, when he was talking about um, before Trump officially had the nomination but looked like he was going to get it. And he was talking about how he wanted to protect certain senators who would be afraid of being hurt and down ballot tickets, and he was already giving them permission to run kind of away from Trump. And now he is, you know, completely said that he's supporting Trump and, you know, obviously isn't coming out and backing him as strong as, you know, someone like um, 
Chris Christie probably isn't a good example, but you know, there's people who are endorsing right. Trump a lot stronger. But I still think it showed how quickly McConnell went from talking out of one side of his mouth to the other, which, you know, again, McConnell is a perfect example of doing that, probably um, just as good as anyone you could think of off the top of your head in politics, not just on the right or the left, but politics in general. But to me, it kind of shows, and a good example you brought up was some of the more conservative ministers in Iowa initially who were attacking Trump. Um, And it just frustrates me because all these people who act like they're so principled and that they'll go down, you know, um, with the ship, even if it means that their party's going to lose the presidency, they're not going to compromise their values, you know, completely in a very quick amount of time, just show that that was a bunch of hot air. Um, and, and especially when you have a party that says, you know, the reason that they're opposing President Obama are because of these hardcore principles and not because they don't want to work with him. But then you see that that's just not true. And this this shows why it's very frustrating for me to watch. And I guess it, it shouldn't be that surprising to me because, in, in the end, it is politics. Yeah, well, it is politics, and they want their person in the White House. And, you know, I would say that, that it's it's fair to underscore that, that McConnell's support of Trump has been kind of tepid. It's more support we need to support the nominee of the party, and it's been a little less direct. He has his own job to do. And, yes, it's going to be very – there's going to be a point in this election, if it looks like Trump is going to get drubbed, where Mitch McConnell is going to have to gather – his Senate candidates, his his, his sitting senators in, in tight races, people you know uh, like Rob Portman, who's going to be struggling uh, to keep that seat in Ohio. He's going to have to go to them and say, hey, listen, it looks like Donald Trump is just going to get lambasted uh, in this election. We don't like what he stands for. Run against him. We have to protect the Republican ideas from the Senate and from the House. So run against this guy. Uh, so I think that supporting him tacitly as the leadership, uh, you know, is given to do, even if, if Ryan hasn't gotten there yet, is is fine. But it's going to change if it looks like this candidate is flawed in a general. And, and we'll know that this summer. You know, and that, that's, a, that's where you're going to see, you know, these Senate races really heat up, of course, after Labor Day. But they're going to be running all summer. They're going to be running in the August recess. And you'll see what Mitch McConnell does there. And that's more telling than how he's handling it now. Now it's all new. They're starting to get a flavor for what it's going to be like. But I think that, that when you get to the summertime, when you get to the post-convention time, you see how, how Trump is polling. Michael, and, I want to ask you before we go into break and just yeah. leave you with this question is, what about the leaders of the Republican Party who think that they'll be able to control Trump uh, if he becomes president? Because I think a lot of them are banking on that. So we're going to get Michael's take on that once we get back uh, from the break. If you'd like to join in, we'll have one more segment with Michael Shore. The number to call in at is 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, and we'll be right back with Michael Shore after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, joined again by a good friend of the Leslie Marshall Show, Michael Shore. Follow him on Twitter at Michael Shore. Michael, before the break, um, I had asked you a question regarding um, Republican leadership who thinks that, okay, if we just get Trump in the White House, then we can kind of steer him where we want him to go and control him, if you will. What do you think about the prospect of that idea? 
know, I don't think Donald Trump lends himself to being controlled. I think it's going to set you up. You don't really? <laughs> I think it's going to set up fights with leadership more than they than they want. I think they're, you know, listen, uh, Donald Trump is going to need to learn how to navigate Capitol Hill if he becomes president, which I don't think will happen with an exclamation point. But should that happen, uh, he's going to need to learn how to negotiate Capitol Hill. That's when leadership can say, hey, we're going to be able to get our agenda uh, done because we can control legislatively what the president does and reject legislatively what the president does. But as a party and as a monolith, uh, if they have both houses of Congress and the White House, it, it won't need to happen. There won't be that many struggles. It'll, the struggles will come when when Paul Ryan doesn't agree necessarily with the Senate, or you know Charles Schumer, as the as the presumed majority minority leader of the Senate, uh, would be creating a big fight. Then then they have to go and give priority to Donald Trump. I, I don't see him as a puppet president the way that, you know, in the past leadership has thought, oh, we have a neophyte coming in. We'll be able to do that. A lot of Democrats thought they could do that with Jimmy Carter uh, back in the in the late 70s. And Michael, I'm going to cut in here just because we yeah. have four, about four minutes left, and I want to ask you two questions that I, I pulled from this Gopnik article that okay. I enjoyed. Um, one of the things about this piece that I want to quote and get your take on, um, which really concerns me, is Trump's attacking. Um, well, I won't even quote it here, but he attacks how he's attacked libel laws and threatened to take away FCC licenses um, and people who think that, you know, oh, he wouldn't be able to end opposition like that. Um, the line that, that I thought was, was good here is that uh, people who think that misunderstand the nature of, quote, thin-skinned authoritarians in power. They do not arrive in office and discover, as constitutionalists do, that their capabilities are more limited than they imagine. They arrive and then make their power as large as they can. Um, I think he makes some strong points here, and they concern me. Like, like I, I agree with you, maybe he doesn't have the greatest chance of getting an office, but it's possible. If he does, those are some things that really are, are making me worry, and I was wondering your take on those. Well, I think that they should make you worry, if that's something you worry about, because that is that is absolutely right. I mean, there's some Something without, you know, likening, I'm not making a comparison to a specific dictator, but there's something dictatorial about the way that he has run his businesses and his life. And when you come into office with that kind of a, you know, a background, it, it be, and you look at issues like this, well, of course, that's going to give people pause. And a lot of uh, Republicans fear that he will be uh, too liberal, too um, on the side of, of, of liberal causes. And, and that's, you know, for a Republican. But there is this other fear that, that Democrats have that he is going to operate dictatorially, and that is something that's going to be highlighted. You know, Gopnik talked about it, but it's going to be highlighted, uh, you know, in the general election that, that he's not, quote-unquote, fit to lead in the way the presidents are historically. And, and because his personality is so defined, it's going to be a big challenge. And, and the last passage, which I will directly quote, because I, I thought it really um, highlights a problem that people, and I think both the media and politics, have had holding Trump accountable when he lies. Quote, the blizzard of lies is made for Twitter and the quick hit of an impulse culture. Trump's lies arrive with such rapidity that before one can re be refuted, a new one comes to take its place. It wasn't his voice on that tape of pitiful self-promotion. Okay, it was, but he never mocked the handicapped reporter. He was merely imitating an obsequious one. The media eventually moved on, uh, shrugging helplessly to the next lie, then the next lie, and then the next. If the lies are bizarre enough, which I think is a great point, and frequent enough, they provoke little more than a nervous giggle and a cry of, well, guess he's changed the rules. 
that's what I want to know your opinion on. How how can this be combated, Michael? Well, I think it's going to be combated in the general election, both by vice presidential candidates, whoever they are, uh, and by a media that only has to concentrate on two candidates and one race. I think that uh, you, you know at every level these things when you you know your scandals when you run for mayor are different than when you run for senate. When you run for senate, they're different than when you run for president. The same thing. These things in a primary uh, are great fodder, and at, at first they were entertaining. I think, though, as it gets to a general election, I would believe that these things are going to be taken more seriously, especially when he starts putting out conspiracy theories, as he did with Ted Cruz's father and JFK, as he's even talking about with Vince Foster with the Washington Post. I I think that these things are going to be taken much more seriously when there's a concentrated media and only two candidates to concentrate on it, a vice presidential candidate and 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 a running mate, so or you know, a presidential candidate and a running mate. So I think it's going to be very, very um, different in a general election. That's what I believe. Michael, I hope you are right. We are actually out of time, so you did that perfectly. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. That's Michael Shore, a political commentator and former correspondent for Al Jazeera America. He often guest hosts on The Young Turks as well. And again, you can follow him on Twitter at Michael Shore. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-H-U-R-E. This is Mark Rimaldi in for Leslie Marshall.